Welcome to ReCommerce, a podcast for e-commerce wearable brands navigating technical complexity and change. Brought to you by Command-C. Welcome to another episode of ReCommerce. I'm Sarah, and I am the founder of Command-C, and I'm here with Tiffany, our tech lead. Hi, everyone. Hey, Tiff. Good morning. Um, We're up pretty early to record this podcast this morning. So we're going to try to stay awake. (laughs) (laughs) So today we're going to talk about the importance of having a strategy for data migration when replatforming or um, upgrading your site to a newer version. And when we're talking about data migration, specifically what we're talking about, the, the core elements that we're talking about are products, customers, and order history. There are some other items that fall into this uh, phrase as well, um, but typically the primary items we're considering are the three I just mentioned. Yeah, those are the three that sort of really define an e-commerce store, certainly. Um, There are a lot of other important smaller things. I mean, the one that most immediately comes to mind is page content. So any sort of marketing materials, things like that, usually your strategy when you're building a new site or replatforming it to a new platform, it probably involves some amount of change to those. And so in many cases, you're not actually migrating them, you're sort of recreating them in the new environment. Uh, But there are other smaller pieces of an e-commerce business that should really be migrated and considered. Things like coupon codes, gift certificates. I think there's nothing that makes a customer sadder than trying to use a gift certificate that they're pretty sure they have a balance on that doesn't exist anymore. Um, and, uh, so coupon codes, gift certificates, uh, any, any sort of other automation that you have around returns processing or, you know, things of that nature are going to come into play. Um, most of the rest of the data though, is really tied to customers, products, and order histories. Reviews too. That's a big one. Yes. Yes. Thank you for mentioning that. That's a, that's a really good point. And reviews are interesting because oftentimes when we replatform, we're also choosing a new aggregate reviews provider, um, or we're plat- we're using the platform's own reviews provider. And there just really is, doesn't seem to be a lot of mapping out there for mapping between them. Uh, so we have to think about how much of that is coming over. And then, you know, that actually jumps into the whole SEO realm as well, because now those reviews are potentially tied to URLs that also potentially no longer exist. <laughs> so there's there's a lot to think about there. I've been on projects where this can be a bit of an afterthought. And I've also been on projects where clients sort of just assume that they can use a migration tool that's inherent to the platform. Like I know that Shopify has a migration tool that brings over customers and products from Magento. So it can be easy to fall into the trap of not addressing this upfront. That trap is an easy one to fall into. I think it's also sort of exacerbated by by the fact that it's so obvious. The product data has to be there. This is so obvious. Um, And so it kind of 
less so of an afterthought, I think, and more so of just uh, this is this is obviously something that we're doing. Um, and the advert, the advertising, the marketing around one click, this is very easy and, and it can be. And we're not suggesting that you can never use a tool like that. But there are there are really some points to consider um, using the same platform for a long time. If you've been on your platform for a while, it sort of has forced you to mold all of your product data. We'll just use products as our example because it's it's the most variant of the data. It has forced you to mold all of your product data into whatever data structure that platform has provided for you. And a lot of times what we see is that over time, that becomes a little bit skewed. So now we need a flag for drop shipping so that we can indicate to customers on the front end that this item is drop shipped, but there really isn't one in the platform. So let's use this other thing, or let's piggyback it on top of the fact that this is a product that can only be shipped using X shipping method. So all this logic exists inside the product data or tangent to the product data. And that logic doesn't necessarily need to be there anymore, especially if the new platform is more modern and and has better handling of product attribute data. Migration is the absolute perfect opportunity to take a step away from your platform and think about your data holistically. These are the pieces of information that I need to store about my products. These are the pieces that my customers need to know. These are the pieces that can be automated based on other factors and logic. And thinking about all of that also informs the development process in addition to the migration process. I guess what I hear you saying is that data migration is really an opportunity to optimize your content in a way and be strategic about what you actually need to bring over versus just sort of bringing over all this potentially legacy information for the sake of bringing it over. Yes. And, you know, depending on your platform, that trimming down of the data into its its most perfect form, so to speak, is also going to have a performance impact. So mm-hmm. this, is a, this is a really smart change to make all around. So in addition to providing you with the opportunity to really think about how you want to structure your product data and what structure you're bringing over, there are two other really important factors that come into play when you think about your product data specifically, but all of the data we've mentioned when you think about that migration. Um, So the first one is that you need to think strategically about how you're going to use that information in the future. A really good example of this is, you know, the difference between tags and meta fields in a platform like Shopify. How are you going to use that information on the front end of the site? How are you going to update that information later? If you are planning to continue to use standard import tools for creating your products, for example, you may want to opt for something that can be more readily updated via those tools. So thinking strategically, not only about how you're using it now and how you've historically used it, but how you plan to use it in the future is going to have a big impact. The second other important item is that you should never do this more than once. It is really, really important that your product data, your customer data and order histories, which we'll probably talk about a little bit more, (laughs) they have baggage. Um, But it's really important that you only make this move once you're already shifting the entire foundation of your business underneath your customer base. And even if we do the most seamless job imaginable, 
there are still differences. And so what you don't want to do is migrate everything in, launch, get rolling, and realize that you're missing a bunch of information that you need or that you have too much information weighing you down and negatively impacting performance. And now you're stuck in the same rut you were in with your old platform where it's it's not really as mutable as it would normally be. And so we advocate for thinking strategically about it so that you don't have to do it again. So you don't have to sort of move the entire foundation again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's compelling. And as you were talking, I was thinking, well, I mean, what if there's an ERP in place? Like how much more important does strategic planning become upfront in that scenario? On one hand, having an ERP is a huge blessing to data migration because the ERP acts as a central hub. It's already pushing data back and forth and we can use it in um, in sort of a, a push in a one direction, right? We can take the information, we can tell the ERP to push all the information into the new platform. And so now we're not going platform to platform. We're going from a central hub that's already kind of designed to push data into an e-commerce platform. This will work for a lot of your information, depending on your setup, your mileage may vary. Um, But the flip side of that is that now you also have an ERP to deal with. And so migration becomes not just about getting the data in the new place, but it's also about how do we make the cutover at launch time to make sure that you're not losing information? How do we test this ahead of time without polluting your production data, which is something that we spend a lot of time working through the mechanisms for? Um, a lot of safeguards go into place because it's obviously much less, uh, much less than ideal if your test orders from your QA process land inside your ERP and get processed by your shipping team. Yeah, that's not really that fun. You're listening to ReCommerce, a podcast for e-commerce wearable brands navigating technical complexity and change. Brought to you by Command-C, a development team that saves e-commerce retailers from outdated tech and ineffective operations, with a strong focus on Magento and Shopify+. Plus. You can learn more about how we help at commandc.com. So I'm hoping that we've... Uh, made the case for why an upfront strategy is so crucial uh, in this scenario. Let's kind of dive into the nitty gritty a little bit about the the top level um, points of data that we mentioned, uh, starting with products and customers. So when we're migrating product data, the strategy that we use for accomplishing the actual migration of the data really depends on how you can get it out of your old system. So how does it come out? Does it come out in a spreadsheet? Do we have access to the database that houses it? Um, Are there existing tools like an ERP, for example, that would allow us to fetch that data in an alternate way. Um, But the biggest determining factor as to how we accomplish the migration tends to be how clean is the data and how does it come out of the existing system? So if you tell me the only thing you have is a 70,000 row CSV full of all your product data, as long as that is 
in a machine readable format. And by that, I mean, as long as it's pretty standardized and there aren't a lot of weird things in it, um, we're likely looking at a scenario where we are either rewriting that CSV into the format that the platform will take, or we are writing our own integration with an API that's going to migrate all of that information in. Um, Most platforms that we work with have a CSV importer. Um, It just seems to be the way that that product data gets passed around. Um, And it's usually pretty easy to get the data into that format. And so a lot of times that's the approach that we take. That also gives the merchant the opportunity to really scrub that data ahead of time without needing to modify it in their existing platform. So there's some plus sides to using that that CSV approach, although it's probably the only time you will ever hear me say or advocate for a spreadsheet ever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm having deja vu. I feel like this isn't the first time you hated on spreadsheets. Sorry. (laughs) Just kidding. but they it does give it does give the merchant the opportunity to really scrub that data and and remove whole columns that you don't even need and and rename columns and so um and then it becomes you know a, a very collaborative migration process um there are also the sort of one click tools um they're designed to work platform to platform and in many cases this is this is accomplished with a direct database access. You know, we provide access credentials for each platform and then they, you know, you click the button and it runs the import. Um, This is something that if you have a small store, one that would almost be on the edge of maybe possibly we would consider, you would consider migrating the products by hand, like 50 or less. That one click tool might be an excellent place to start without any testing, just just run it and see what it does because removing 50 products from the new platform and starting over again with a more robust solution isn't, isn't going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. And does everything that you just said apply to customers as well? Like are those pretty um, kind of similar in structure and process? Customers tend to be the most straightforward of the data migration that we run. I like to think it's because we've been storing personal information about people forever. I mean, phone books, Mm -hmm. you name it. (laughs) So we pretty much Mm -hmm. got that. We pretty much got that nailed. There are some interesting things to pay attention for. Some platforms won't store multiple addresses. Some platforms won't let you assign uh, default shipping and billing addresses. So there are some things to pay attention to, but for the most part, customer import tends to be really straightforward. The only thing um, I'll give one little gotcha to that, I guess, um, which is passwords. Usually passwords don't migrate well between systems. If you're upgrading within the same system, like if you were going from version one of a platform to version two, you might be fine. But if you're migrating between two completely different platforms, you may need a strategy for notifying your customers that their passwords have been changed. This is a pretty Mm -hmm. common security practice. So it's not a huge pain point for most, for most people as far as, as we've experienced. Mm -hmm. All right. The elephant in the room. What about order history? Oh, I have a fraught relationship with this particular elephant. (laughs) (laughs) Order histories are very tricky. The reason order histories are tricky is that 
Typically, an order is stored as a snapshot of product data in time. It's a snapshot of customer data in time. At the time the order was placed, this product cost this much. The shipping method was this. The customer address for this particular order was this. So inside a single platform, it's easy to sort of run the tentacles out from that data to the existing current data or whatever the the most recent iteration is. But when we move it, that becomes a lot harder. And we have to think about what all about that order, just like with products, what all about that order do we even need? And should people be able to go and look up their order histories and be able to interact with them in the new platform the same way that they could in the old platform? The best example of this is a reorder function. A reorder function is very difficult to achieve on an order history migration, again, because we're talking about snapshots of products in time. Products may not even exist in the new platform anymore. So order histories, clear why they're complex. They also tend to be large. If you've been on the same platform since 2013, that is a whole lot of order data. And I think the most compelling reason to consider an alternative to the order history migration is how frequently do your customers actually access this information? For some business models, not having order history is is, is a no-go. You absolutely must have it. But for many others, customers really aren't accessing that data. And if they need it, they have your customer support team to reach out to. So in those instances, I would, I would sometimes advocate for not migrating order histories at all. There's also kind of a hybrid middle ground solution where we don't migrate the order histories, but we write a tool that fetches them on demand out of the old system. It does mean you have to keep hosting alive for the old system, but if we can fetch that order history on demand when a customer logs in and accesses it and we verify that they are who they say they are, then you're not needing to clutter up your new system with all that old data, but you're still providing a layer of customer support at roughly the same level of functionality because again, we're not really going to accomplish reorders in any readily available way. And then we've covered the basic needs of customers when it comes to order history, and we sort of backfill with our customer support team who can always look up the old data in the old systems. Well, that's incredibly informative, and um, I think we've, we've made our case. So thanks for the chat this morning. It's great to talk to you as always. As always. Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We hope you join us again for another episode of ReCommerce. 